the betrayal, I think, that I felt was not Frank's betrayal of me, but was my betrayal of my whānau. Today we're going to talk about the Russian bride scam. Victims are left penniless, broken-hearted, and sometimes in jail. This is Scams and Cons, and I'm Jim Grinstead. I won't tell you a victim's sob story, but I will tell you how the scam was pulled off. But don't think you can learn how to beat the next con artist that comes your way. If you're the mark, you'll never see it coming. These days, they're called romance scams. There are many different names, but they all offer love in exchange for your retirement fund. Here are the basics on how it works. Lonely people, usually those age 50 or older, go looking for a companion. They find someone online who's beautiful, intelligent, and shares their opinions. You're instantly in love. Here's FBI Special Agent Christine Bienning. They'll hunt through these various networking sites, and they'll find somebody who may be a good target. And they use what the victim has put on their profile page. So you have to be very careful about what you post because they'll use that to manipulate the victim. Um, and they'll develop a relationship very quickly. They'll try to endear themselves to the victims. They'll say whatever the victim wants to hear. And they will often propose marriage quickly. So they develop this intense relationship. And they, and they do seek out people who may be divorced or widowed. So they're people who are vulnerable, who uh, may be desperately looking for love. You ought to meet this potential new partner, but they keep putting you off with something like, oh, I don't know, their mother's gravely ill or they can't leave the bedside. Plus, they're trying to raise $2,000 from relatives for a medical procedure that will save her life. The scammer doesn't ask for money. Yet. But the mark just can't resist. How could he deny them the joy that saving their mother's life would bring? The mark has two grand. He just needs to know where to send it. The scammer objects, saying they couldn't ask for that, but eventually they relent. The scammer has found a willing mark, so now it's just a matter of seeing how much they can take from him until he gets wise. The nightmare still isn't over. From what we can tell, these are these are usually criminal organizations that work together. And once a victim becomes a victim in that they send money, they will oftentimes be placed on um, what's called a sucker list, and their names and identities are shared with other criminals, and they will be um, targeted for future recruitment. The website, Krebs on Security, says there are firms that sell scripts and other tools to help people run romance scams. Krebs says the vendor of the fraud package advertises a guaranteed response rate of at least 1.2%, and states that customers who average 30 scam letters per day can expect to earn roughly $2,000 a week. The proprietor also claims that his method is more than 20% effective within three tries and over 60% effective after eight. Now, I worked in direct mail for a while, and a 1.2% response rate seems high, but if the targeting is really sophisticated, it just might work that I could send him some money, and he promised to have it back within 24, 48 hours. And I thought, could do that, no one would ever know, and I'd be okay. You're hearing an unidentified victim of the romance fraud 
as she described her experience to the FBI. You know, one thing kept happening after another. He'd need more money because he was coming in over budget. Things didn't get done on time. You know, he needed a lawyer. He, he had to take a money loan and it needed to be paid back. Part of me thinks that he's gonna come through and pay me back what he owes me and swoop in here, be the knight in shining armor. But it's just so absurd that there's a big part of me that doesn't believe that. Then there are the services that allow you to browse online profiles and decide who you'd like to get to know better. One of those services is Anastasia Date. I think it's so exciting. I know I love it. Coming face to face for the first time, there is such energy, a rush in seeing someone brand new, seeing their face, watching them, seeing their emotions, especially across the miles. With someone from overseas, you can explore together, share life, trade cultures, live the moment. There are so many people in the world, and finding your match can be real fun. I just love to see him with my own eyes. I mean, it's... it's... I love to share. I mean, sharing a smile, a laugh, body language, eye contact. It's such a natural thing, something fresh, full of surprises. Just switch it on and you're away, fast and smooth. A great new chance to meet Russian women like me. Comshare gives you all of that. Comshare, a first time for everything. What you just heard is a promotion for Camshare, one of Anastasia's products. It allows a suitor to woo his potential bride visually from afar while still close enough for the mark to send money. The service primarily connects people in the U.S. with women from countries in Eastern Europe, such as the Czech Republic, Ukraine, and Russia. Registration is free of charge and with no obligation. Browsing members' profiles also costs nothing. After that, however, everything is a la carte. And if you wonder why all the women on Anastasia Date are drop-dead gorgeous, well, the service has an answer for that, too. Hello, my name is Maria. I'm a customer service representative at Anastasia Date. When you first visited Anastasia Date, you may have been surprised to see that almost all female members have profiles containing high-quality photos. In this video, I want to explain the reasons behind this advantage. A positive feature of Anastasia Date is that we enable every female member to create a detailed profile with high-quality photos. To make such a profile, female members need to create an account and confirm their personal details. After identity authentication by an Anastasia Date representative, they receive full access to the website and an invitation to a professional photo shoot. We've made this possible so that everyone can attract more attention to their profile and increase the chances of finding their match. High-quality pictures help to make a good first impression. A detailed and attractive profile is likely to draw more attention from a potential match. Anastasia Date takes care of its members and provides the best possible service. Correspondence, 
Chat and introductions all come with a fee, as does the service to send flowers and other gifts so you can build a true and lasting relationship with your future wife. They even remind you about your sweetie's birthday so you can send a special gift. Of course, those gifts are virtual, but the flowers last a long time. If you have more specific tastes, Anastasia Date can direct you to one of their other websites, like Amo Latina, Arabian Date, or Asian Date. And if you two don't speak the same language, not to worry. Professional translators are available. So what does all this cost? Well, for that you must register, and why wouldn't you? It's free, as long as you don't think giving up your personal information has a value. Typically, a user buys credits to be used for services. In a 2016 video from Anastasia Date pitching their premium packages, live chat costs one credit per minute. CamShare runs six credits per minute, and a personal letter costs ten credits. Now you can buy 20 credits for 80 cents each, about $16. 160 credits or 60 cents each, or $96. And 1,000 credits come at the low, low price of 40 cents per credit. Or $400, and you don't have to worry about running out of credits. Anastasia Date is happy to automatically reload your account when it drops to zero. But who can put a price on true love? The U.S. Embassy in Russia says that nearly every day they are contacted by a U.S. citizen who has fallen for the Russian bride scam. What can the embassy do? Very little. The embassy has a diplomatic mission, not law enforcement. The best they can do is provide information about how to contact local police. What the embassy can do is process visas. If a Russian national wants to visit the United States, they must apply to the embassy for a visa, and within 10 days they'll have an in-person interview with the applicant. An on-the-spot decision is made whether to approve the visa, but that doesn't happen, as a scammer never intends to meet the mark face to face. It's much easier and faster to have the money sent to their bank accounts. So how does that happen? How do scammers get their hands on your money? They don't worry about such trivial things. They have that covered and have for decades. And each evolution in technology makes it easier. The iTunes、uh, gift card as a payment method is one that we identified last year as emerging. Form of payment, like I said before, they normally ask for wire transfers or maybe a prepaid debit card. But these iTunes cards, they'll call, they'll tell you to go to Target、uh, or to Best Buy and put money onto an iTunes gift card, and then send them the code on the back of that card. That allows the scammer to immediately deduct the funds that were loaded onto that card from the card itself. And so now they have access to those funds, and as、uh, as Mr. Camus said, they.、Uh, Quickly sell those funds or access to those codes、uh, on a thriving black market. What we understand is that this is often located、uh, in East Asia. That was John Brayalt of the National Consumers League speaking on C-SPAN. It takes time for love to grow and bloom. One must be patient and accept the other person as they are. You must be caring and giving, and giving, and giving. An unidentified victim of the Russian bride scam. Talked with WNDU in South Bend, Indiana. She said she ended up sending the scammer about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It got pretty intense fairly quickly. I love you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. Lots of passion, 
and lots of attention. It's almost like you know there's got to be something coming, but you're in so, so far that you just play it through. Usually victims of the Russian bride scam not only lose their money, they leave heartbroken with diminished self-respect and a loss of faith in other people. And in one case, a woman lost two and a half years of her life, and she spent it in an Argentinian jail. Sharon Armstrong of New Zealand was that person. In the years before she was arrested, she had once worked as a probation officer for sex offenders. In hindsight, she saw that the same grooming techniques sex offenders use on their victims had been used on her. She told her story to the Australian television program, I Am Innocent. She told them that family members had signed her up for a dating site as a joke. After the laugh, she canceled her account. But was told that my profile would remain for a further three days. It was in that three days that I was contacted by Frank Linus. He told me he was 42. He was living about 45 minutes away from where I was living in Brisbane. He told me he was a civil engineer. I didn't really think much of it to start with. Nothing wrong with talking to someone online. Initial contact was via email. That quickly progressed to a phone call. We arranged to meet on a Sunday morning about a week and a half after we'd first started talking. He was going to come to my house. He had the address. Like they were supposed to meet a few times and then they, he always came up with an excuse or it fell through. They didn't meet then or at any other time, but that didn't stop him from asking for money. The first time he asked for some financial assistance was maybe around $2,000. My first response was, uh, oh my God, this is just a big setup. This isn't real. I spent some time writing an email back to him saying, you know, I'm absolutely gutted. Um, you know, if you hadn't have asked me for money, you know, everything would have been okay. To which I got no response. Eventually, she called him back. He was crying, saying he was heartbroken and lost without her. They reconciled. Then a few weeks later, Sharon got a phone call telling her that Frank was seriously ill and money was needed to finance his surgery. Sharon didn't have it, and the person who called said she would find the money and Sharon would pay it back. I spoke to him probably a week after the saga had begun. He talked about how difficult the past week had been, that he was unconscious for most of it. Um, he cried, I cried. That started a sequence of events where Sharon was given a metal suitcase and told that important contracts were sewn into the bottom lining. She was to put her clothes on top and fly to Argentina. It was there that police found the drugs. She was taken to court and given a four-year sentence. On appeal, the judges believed her story, and she was released after two years. While there was still a tiny thread of hope that maybe Frank wasn't involved in all of this and that maybe he was going to come to my rescue and that he had been set up just as I had been set up, I, as each day went by, I thought, no, because surely he would be able to find me if he wasn't involved. It was both a physical and mental ordeal. 
and Sharon still feels the pain of betrayal. The betrayal, I think, that I felt was not Frank's betrayal of me, but was my betrayal of my whanau. Every now and then on Facebook, I get a friend request from some beautiful woman who wants to be my friend. Now, there's no way some 20-something is going to be interested in a 66-year-old guy. But for a moment, just before I press delete, I ask myself, what if? People get taken by a scam or con because they want to believe they can become richer, smarter, or more attractive to a partner. But because they were the mark, they never realized they were being scammed. They never saw it coming. What you can believe in is that a new episode of Scams and Cons is coming in two weeks. Thanks for listening. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing Podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.